High FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Joining us this morning, James Sinkinson. He is the president of Fact and Logic about the Middle East. James, a very, very good morning to you, Shabbat Tov. How are you doing? Good morning, Howard. Well, we're doing fine. It's very surreal to live in wartime. This is um, the most intense that I've ever experienced in my life. Yeah. It's, it's, it's quite remarkable. It's, uh, it really is. It's, it's just, uh, living through a war and, uh, with everything that that brings. The, the, there's been a visit by, uh, the, uh, or there will be a visit by U.S. Secretary Antony Blinken to Israel and, uh, and the uh, Palestinian areas. What is the, what is the purpose of this particular visit? Well, I think overall, this this visit, he also uh, went to Jordan and he went to uh, Baghdad. So he, it's quite a, a whirlwind tour. I think the, the whole purpose of this is political, frankly. Mm. I think it has less to do with actual uh, ceasefires or humanitarian aid as it does with placating Arab allies uh, and friends of the United States. Also to uh, let the the progressive left, and even the center uh, of the American population know that the United States is actively involved in trying to solve the problem and protect the innocent uh, uh, Gazans. Mm. So I think that's really what, what it's about. The messaging on this war, and obviously I'm not no great expert on any other wars, uh, but but the messaging of this war is something to me as an observer that is coming across very strongly. From the moment this war broke out, the United States was there and said to Hezbollah and whomever else, if you're thinking of getting involved, don't. They messaged by sending in um, their, their, a, a decent amount of their navy. They, there's been a lot of messaging that continually is taking place. We're seeing foreign leaders from around the world uh, coming in and out of Israel, like we saw with Ukraine, uh, to, uh, to, to, to some extent. This, this undoubtedly, well, for me, is one of the more interesting um, angles of this, of this war. And it happened very, very quickly, didn't it? Yes, and uh, I, I agree with you. That's also one of the most fascinating elements here. And again, the research that I've done uh, on this is is that Biden, we were very surprised at mm. Biden's strong, strong support. But we started, as we started to rationalize it, we realized that it isn't just the Jewish population of the United, Jewish voters of the United States, most of whom are Democrats, but also the Christian right, which is far outnumbers the number of Jews in uh, the United States. And they're far more, frankly, committed to Israel than many Jews are. So you've got this huge uh, group of pro-Israel voters Mm. as on the one hand for Biden, whom he wants to attract, but he's also got Arab voters and progressive voters who are pushing him on the other side to not be so friendly toward Israel. And I think the same is true for France and other countries Mm. that are posturing for their publics. They're not really, I don't think, doing much 
to help Israel or the Palestinians. Mm, mm. What's interesting is we've seen quite consistent messaging, even from people like Bernie Sanders, who who has been an immense um, and vocal critic of Israel until now. We've seen Hillary Clinton. So we're seeing the, the Democrats largely double down on, on their support. Perhaps the only one who was left a little bit wanting was President Obama, who whose statement was just uh, very in line with an outdated view of, you know, relativism, where you know Israel and Netanyahu and and uh, creating equivalence, which is completely um, inappropriate, uh, inappropriate and almost outdated in in a war like this. So showing maybe that he's a couple of steps behind. I think what is really going on, but it is fascinating to see such a strong. Um, and fairly unified approach from the American Democrats. Uh, what you say is absolutely true. Of course, there's there's pressure mounting from by uh, from uh, Blinken himself and Biden uh, back home, but uh, for a so-called uh, humanitarian pause. We're not sure what a humanitarian. I was just going to say, what is that? What is a humanitarian? Because why do you need to pause? If, if, if aid is coming in and foreigners and the wounded are allowed to, to leave under controlled circumstances, why, what, what's a pause and why? Yes. But by the way, the, the, the word, I'm not sure what, uh, the Israelis use. The, the word hafsaka means pause, mm. but it's also hafsaka esh, that's a ceasefire. So ah, we use the same that's word for both. Yes. Um, but, you know, the whole idea of humanitarian aid is, is, uh, uh, difficult to understand because no one really knows what the humanitarian needs are. There is no, reliable source of information mm. Red Cross can't get into uh, to uh, assess what the food needs are we know that uh, hospitals were saying oh uh, this was uh, two weeks ago that we only have 24 hours left of fuel yet we know that they are still running and that Hamas has huge stores of fuel so exactly what the needs are I'm not I'm not denying that of many course. people are in extremis yes. uh, from the uh, from the war. I mean, there are uh, hundreds of thousands of people mm. on the move and under fire. What I have noticed as well is following Nasrallah's uh, speech on Friday, which to me seemed to be a little bit of a distancing of himself from the atrocities of Hamas. Uh, it, 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 we haven't heard much over the weekend from from Russia, for example, unless I just haven't seen it reported. Is there? Have they perhaps read the room that? that the strong and unified West is taking this seriously and not going to allow them to proceed in the way that they might, maybe were hoping? I think so. Uh, my, my sources here in Israel seem to believe that uh, Nasrallah was indeed backing off. He uh, was denying any involvement in the planning of this, and he's saying, look, we didn't plan it. You know, we're not signed. We didn't sign on to defend Hamas. And very clearly, it's a Hamas affair, not a Hezbollah affair. So I think that uh, certainly Israel's firm response in the north currently, as well as the United States forces in the region, mostly in the Mediterranean, certainly are uh, a serious consideration for 
or uh, Hezbollah and Nasrallah. Mm. Mm. Are we hearing any further from Yemen and the Houthis? Uh, I don't believe we've seen anything from them over the weekend. Mm. Uh, that was my sense. Brief, I'm getting this it, feeling that from an international perspective, uh, the, I don't know, the axis of evil or whatever we want to call it between Iran and Russia, uh, Hezbollah, uh, Hamas seems to, seems to have maybe uh, stepped a little bit back or uh, distanced themselves slightly from Hamas. Um, you're just not feeling that same level of pressure. I'm not seeing it on social media in the same way. And I just wonder if there hasn't been a little bit of a turn. Well, I think so. Uh, Israel is they, in, in the Middle East. They talk about the strong horse and the Arabs favor the strong horse. And Israel right now is the strong horse in this region. And again, with uh, United States backing. So about the the most radical of, of responses on the part of of the Arabs, Mahmoud Abbas specifically, has been to call for a ceasefire. Mm. That's about the best they can do. Of course, calling for ceasefire is like calling for long live Hamas. Absolutely. Just but still. Mm, mm. Yeah. It, it, but still, it's not. Yeah, it, it is really, really very, very interesting indeed. We'll continue to monitor this, monitor this and uh, have these conversations with you. James Sinkinson, thank you as always, President of Fact and Logic about the Middle East.